from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Bishop Thomas Zinkula of the Diocese of Davenport. They'll be reflecting on their roles as bishops and their connections over the years. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. You know, I know we think about these dioceses, how often when I meet people from uh, around the country or other places, they kind of just blend all these three D dioceses together, Davenport, Des Moines, Dubuque, you know. Mm-hmm. But we know we each have our own distinct personality, <laughs> right. right? So Of course. <laughs> yeah, so that's very good. No, I mean, again, so many graces in these weeks, and uh, sometimes I think just the chance to, to step back and reflect. But uh, I was really appreciative a couple weekends ago, Kelly. I didn't mention it on my previous show, the opportunity to be with Father Ross Parker and about nine uh, young men, uh, mm-hmm. uh, high school, college, and post-college age, who were kind of thinking about priesthood, and we were kind of exploring that. And so we had uh, some retreat time with them at the Jesuit Retreat Center in Griswold. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been a custom that the Bishop hates started, and I'm happy to sustain it. I think that, you know, Advent is so rich, people kind of yearning for that opportunity mm-hmm. just to kind of absorb the mystery and to and to think about where their life and their calling is as well. And so, you know, I think sometimes we want to, you know, young men want to have that whole big picture and kind of figure it out. And I think what we just need to do is say, where is God's call coming to me in this moment and, and how the life circumstances that I'm facing? Because if we can attend to that, and be reflective about that and link that to our prayer before Jesus, I think then uh, it unfolds and it, it, it's revealed to us in, in a very beautiful way. So hopefully the, the grace for those nine young men, that's something that will continue to listen to those rumblings in their own heart, mm-hmm. wherever it leads. But if it should lead them to, to consider application and, and seminary, or if there's other young men out there listening, uh, mm-hmm. that's something that Father Ross Parker or I would would happily, and hopefully maybe your parish priest would, could be another ally in that, because mm-hmm. I think it's really good to have a spiritual direction and, and things that go with that. I was uh, gathering with the priests. I made a little tweak in what uh, Bishop Pates tended to do, have his uh, host of priests for Christmas socials. We're actually doing it, in, did it in the uh, Christmas season, and the priests were appreciative because they were so occupied with communal reconciliation. So we gathered both in Council Bluffs at St. Peter's Parish and at the Cathedral Rectory, which meant I had to get my boxes finally unpacked <laughs> in some of the rooms and not just the Christmas decoration boxes <laughs> I'm talking. So uh, thanks to all who kind of helped me, you know, and, and benefit fitted from a few uh, women's uh, perspective on where to hang things as well. So uh, that was a blessing. But then we also blessed the new parish center at uh, Corpus Christi Parish and Council Bluffs. Uh, certainly mindful of Council Bluffs and the, the great presence of Father Tan Tran, whom we mm-hmm. commended to the Lord as he was taken too suddenly from us mm-hmm. uh, here a couple of weeks ago. And so his great presence to hospitals and nursing homes and uh, his mm-hmm. great gift of compassion and music that he brought. And so I didn't know he was such an accomplished pianist and, mm-hmm. and uh, violinist. Apparently he had enough violins to stock a small school orchestra, Uh which may actually be what's happening, as I Mm -hmm. think those are given in that way. But his family from California, obviously grieving, and the good people of Council Bluffs and the diocese with him. Uh, So he'll be uh, buried, or was buried in uh, California. 
And I've actually got my sights on California for a different purpose mm -hmm. because uh, uh, the Region 9 uh, re Bishop's Retreat is going to take place in the uh, Benedictine Monastery in Oceanside. So uh, somehow I'm not getting any sympathy. You know, this comes <laughs> with part of being the bishop's job that one goes out in the January. Mm -hmm. Not all the bishops are going to do it because of the ad limina visit, but I think it'll be a great chance to connect. And Bishop Pates will be there. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure he'll have pearls of wisdom for Tell me as I me. have. I will. I will. Uh, three months at this and maybe beginning to figure a few things out, but mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, going forward with that, and so I think that retreat will be a great uh, prelude to uh, mm -hmm. the meeting with the Holy Father and, and what happens there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll welcome Bishop Thomas Zinkula of the Diocese of Davenport. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Thank you to Bozen the Floors for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dowling Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? Hey, this is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Floors. Our family business has been helping Central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or visit us at bozen.com. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Metro Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Bishop Thomas Zinkula, Bishop of the Diocese of Davenport and Brother Priest to Bishop Johnson. Good morning, uh, Bishop Zinkula. It's great to have you. Thanks for carving some time out for us. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm... quite honestly, if uh, I call you Bishop Zinkula, but if I lapse into calling you Tom, it's because uh, we've known each other for some time here. So that association we have, especially not just a uh, we went to different seminaries, but uh, shortly into our priesthood, we were invited to be part of a, a prayer group. And uh, I guess, uh, what do you think about prayer groups? And, you know, are those something that in the Davenport Diocese, uh, you know there's a lot of priests who are part of uh, priest support groups? Yeah, there are a number of them. I don't know that there's been as many as in Davenport, in Dubuque, but um, they call them Emmaus groups here. Like, you know, in Dubuque, it was Asia Caritas, so different kinds of um, approaches to it. But there are, there are some. I'm one, I want to. Um, I'm, I'm pushing for that for more to um, be parts of such groups and, and encouraging guys to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know when uh, I uh, told my mom that I had been called or asked to become the bishop of Des Moines. I think about the second or third thing out of her mouth was, 
well, I hope you're going to stay part of your prayer group and things. And I reassured her that, uh, well, Bishop Zinkula has, so I, he's, he's set the bar high there. But uh, you're, it's something you're very committed to, obviously. Uh, how do you find that uh, kind of uh, you know, carries over into your, your many ministries? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, as you know, I mean, we support each other in the group, and, and there's affirmation and everything. We just basically tell our stories every month and, you know, kind of what's going on in our lives. But also, we're, we're, um, we hold each other accountable, I think, somewhat. We lovingly challenge each other when, when we think it's necessary. But there's this fraternity. I mean, we're not married. We don't have families. So um, to, to get together once a month and just talk about things um, with a group of, of other priests. Um, and as you know, there's, so there's, but when we pray beforehand, so there's like a holy hour before we get together and there's social aspects, you know, always a meal and, um, and, and camaraderie and fun kind of chit chat. But then we, the, the guts of it is, okay, what's going on, what's gone on in your life the last, the last month. And I'm going to, you know, challenges and also the joys, you know, where you, how you experienced Jesus, um, you know, um, recently, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think, you know, we just really come to know each other's story and then things that are happening, you know, kind of breaking things. We have a context of that, you know, who, who this man is and can kind of see that. And sometimes we need to be reminded who we are by people who love us and respect us. So I think that the kind of blessing that's there and our group has had some priests, you know, we've had one uh, pass on, uh, uh, Monsignor Bob Faring, who was pretty instrumental in your own vocation, wasn't he? Right, he's my pastor in high school, and um, if there's any one priest who has had most influence on me, um, it was him for sure. Mm-hmm. And that was in. And Mount, we have one in Mount, in, in Mount Vernon, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have one who's in the care center now, kind of nearing the end of his life, and um, we've had a couple who've left the priesthood, and um, and so and we've added new, and we have new guys over the years to keep the numbers up and. In fact, we have one a guy who um, was what, what Kevin was ordained a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Brother Kevin Early one, so yeah, right? Yeah, pretty diverse age wise and just in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned you know part of the prayer group. The, the grace of that is that we don't have you know families that we're you know living and, and nurturing on, on a daily basis. But uh, uh, you know you you certainly know what family life is all about. I mean. Uh, you uh, had a few siblings, have a few siblings. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> There's nine of us, five girls and four boys. So um, one and a half bathrooms, an old farmhouse, and, you know. <laughs> I can relate, Bishop. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, those, you know, a bunch of sisters around me, and, you know, I won't get sexist or anything. But two, and basically two big bedrooms, one for boys, one for girls. So it's... Um, that was the life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know, I mean, you know, realizing with uh, when I was at Loris College teaching, you know, most many of these uh, young people had their own room growing up. You know, they, they were not used to sharing a, a residence hall room with anybody, so it was a culture shock for them. Whereas for us, yeah, you know, well, I had my own room when I was twenty-three years old was mm-hmm. the first time. <laughs> right? I, yeah, and I'll tell people like when they're saying talk about that, young people going off to college, and oh my gosh, I have to have a roommate. I'm like, well, it was great because I'm not, I only, when I went to college, I had um, only one roommate versus three <laughs> little brothers, and I had my own bed for the first time. So I was at this, my, my yes, I can brother. relate. I can relate. And the imaginary line and 
somebody always complaining <laughs> about, you know, each, each person says complaints about the other person taking all the covers. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we just uh, kind of uh, still experiencing the Christmas season. Are there, as Zinkala, kind of the Czech heritage, and I know you've been over to explore some of your family roots. Are there any particular Christmas customs or traditions or dishes that uh, you just are almost sacramental for you? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, oyster soup on Christmas Eve, that was always... Um, a regular thing for us, and but then as we became more Americanized, we had um, chili along with that, another option, you know, so <laughs> whatever. But kolaches, that's always a staple. You know, it's always a staple in our home. Mm-hmm. Kind of a pastry uh, thing. Probably a lot of people are aware of those. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, people hearing on the radio will make sure there's a fresh shipment coming your way here. We'll see. Just, just yeah, saying. poppy seed. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, poppy know. seed. They, they, they know in Davenport that I like poppy <laughs> lunches. So yeah. I, they, when I get around every once in a while, I'll yeah. yeah. So Bishop Zinkin likes poppy seed. I heard he likes poppy seed. <laughs> I think I heard <laughs> it's that like, too. It's like my uh, the late Monsignor Joe Serrard. He'd always get up in the pulpit uh, the second Sunday after Christmas. And say, well, our peanut brittle supply is getting a little low. So <laughs> I was never that bad as late about. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this past year, I think the, the turn of a new calendar year. Obviously, we're well in with Advent into a new liturgical year, but. Are there any highlights or things as a shepherd of the uh, Davenport Diocese, Southeast Iowa, things that kind of stay with you, that you kind of see the the spirit tracking in, or things that uh, maybe as we look ahead that are kind of uh, in your heart and mind that you you bring into prayer and bring before your people? Yeah, so one big huge thing for us this last year was what we referred to as Vision 2020, um, and so this has been evangelization initiative. We all are all over that as a church, the new evangelization, going back, way back to what Pope John Paul II and every Pope since then, and we know we need to... Maybe all the way back to Pope Peter, you know? <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah, it's been a new old evangelization. So we're really, so this, we had a, um, we've been working and planning for a convocation uh, which took place over at, uh, in Ambrose, in June, and sort of from every uh, every parish and and um, and schools and other institutions, and and so that was a three day thing, and and there were speakers, um, keynote types, and breakout sessions, and liturgy, and all that sort of thing, and sort of kind of that was our kickoff then to um, you know um, get things going in parishes. There's evangelization teams and. Now we're working on uh, mentors, develop, forming uh, mentors for to help parishes and um, with their efforts, and so that's that's a big thing for us mm-hmm. it, from last year, and it's ongoing. And um, yeah, so that, and the other thing, I don't know, that was kind of uh, really kind of fun last year was we have Pacham and Terrace Award mm-hmm. and um, Peace on Earth, so and it's been given to usually one a, a year to someone who's worked for peace. And and there's been like six or seven Nobel Peace Prize winners who've gotten this award. So some big names, um, like Mother Teresa and Dorothy Day and J- John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King and Desmond Tutu and all these kind of people. Just those, kind, so, of, um, those kind of lesser lights in the, in the solar yeah, system. Yeah, right. Hey. There's some regular people in there too. But, but anyway, so this year, it's a long story why this happened, but... Um, you know, it, was, it went to 
to um, the Dalai Lama, and he's older, and, and, and he wasn't, wasn't able to travel that much, and so I went to India to give him this award, and in, um, I think it was February or March. So that was pretty cool. And while I was there, I visited a Catholic Relief, relief Services site. Um, it was kind of a polio eradication program. Um, so that was, that was obviously a highlight going over to India and doing that. Yeah. So I hope you didn't uh, cite Caddyshack with the Dalai Lama or anything. <laughs> 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 I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> well, good, good, good. Um, you know, the, we're both part of the, the Four Bishops of Iowa, the Iowa Catholic Conference, kind of the, the legislative outreach uh, that uh, the church engages and tries to hold up our values in the public square in that way. Many priorities are coming forward this year. We think about enhancing the school tuition organization credits, uh, but initiatives of social justice in, in so many ways, uh, voting rights to, to restore to felons. Uh, expanding energy efficiency, uh, mental health care, palliative care, hospice service, and then the uh, move and the movement to, to try and clarify that the Iowa Constitution does not grant a right to abortion. And so trying to say that the Iowa Constitution is neutral in that regard as well. But uh, And then uh, ensuring and opposing any movement to reinstate the death penalty. And there's kind of a high-profile case, as we get a little serious here for a minute, that uh, you know, Iowans are familiar with that kind of occupies this, the, the whole case of uh, uh, Dustin Lee Honkin and uh, what he was uh, slated to be federally executed, the first federal execution uh, in a long time in January, but that's been there's been a stay on that. Uh, uh, any thoughts, uh, you know, where the Catholic Church or you, as a bishop, uh, is this something that, that we should be weighing in in your mind, or is that something that, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, should be left to, to people who have other uh, kind of roles in society? I have kind of strong feelings I have for years about capital punishment. In fact, I was thinking about remembering, you probably don't remember this, um, Bishop Johnson, about um, when we were both in Dubuque, our second assignment, you were at Resurrection, I was at St. Joseph the Worker, so we were in Dubuque Deanery, we were at a deanery meeting, and somehow we were, I don't know, talking that the death penalty was an issue um, for our, that meeting, one of the issues. And at at that time, the catechism, you know, when it first came out, it basically said something like the death penalty is permissible, but it should mostly be used as a last resort. And I was, I was troubled by that. I'm, I was, I'm a son, I was, a son, you know, I'm a son of the church, a priest of the church. I, I wanted to be, you know, in union with the church, and I just was troubling me. I remember talking to you about that. It just troubled me, and you know, and so because it was too, you know, it was, I don't know. It was basically saying it's okay, but sort of a thing. But then Pope John Paul came out with, um, I think in 95, um, Evangelium Vitae about, and he said that there, that it should um, be used only in cases of absolute necessity, and that such cases are very rare, if not practically non-existent. And I was I was really glad to hear him say that, because that's, that's kind of where I was at with it. And now, Pope Francis has even taken it further. He basically has said, you know, what last year I think that the death penalty is inadmissible because it's an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person. So um, that's and so yeah. So this case that we have in Iowa, you know, it's actually a federal case, um, so it wouldn't be um, applying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, state law or anything. But 
I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, what the bishops of Iowa would do with that, you know, if we want to make a statement or mm-hmm. about, about it, how we feel about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, this really, you know, is, is, is probably the, you know, these more uh, intense and extreme cases. You know, five people were murdered in 2004, uh, you know, some including young girls that were there. So it was a particularly heinous crime in that way. And yet, yeah. yeah, what does our faith ask of this? And, the, you know, if we do say our dignity is inviolable, you know, we can't, we can't forfeit it no matter what we do in that way, then what's incumbent upon us, and certainly as an American society, uh, is this going to bring about uh, justice uh, for those families uh, in that retributive way, or is it there? So I know uh, the, the Archbishop of Indianapolis, Charles Thompson, had a prayer service at the Federal Correction Facility in Terre Haute, where Honkin is being uh, held, and uh, praying and, and asking people to, to intercede in this way and give witness in that, uh, you know, particularly grievous thing. So, so you know, it wasn't uh, something that you know, tests us. And uh, apparently Honkin has embraced the faith. He's repented. But even if he hadn't, you know, what would our faith ask of us? You know, and so it's not just, right. well, he's Catholic now, so let's let's cut him some slack. But that, uh, Yeah. I mean, they always say, like, tough cases make bad law. So I mean, it's, it's kind of like, right, so it's, like, it's kind of like abortion, okay? You know, that it's really hard when the pregnancy was brought about by rape or incest. That, that's really hard. So some people can be, okay, I'm, 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 I'm against abortion, but there's this except, exception for this. And, boy, I don't know. That, that, that's when you start making, carving out exceptions in really hard cases, and, and then, you know, um, it goes against our belief and teaching in the Church that, that all life has dignity, all life, all, you know, all um, every mm-hmm. life has its has dignity. Amen. Amen. Well, we're reaching our, our time break here, and uh, I appreciate you giving us these minutes. Uh, we look forward to being with you next week in Rome for the ad limina visit of our Region 9 bishops, uh, Bishop Zinkula, and then whenever our next prayer group meeting will be. But uh, thank you, and uh, Happy New Year to you and all your people. Thank you, Bishop Johnson. It's good to be with you. All right. Peace. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Metro Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. Well, that was a great interview with Bishop 
Zinkula. So grateful to Bishop Zinkula and grateful for our friendship over the years. I think that's something that I'll, in the going into the new year, I think it's, I've kind of, in the last three months, kind of gotten away from, I think, a life habit that was so ingrained in me, expressing that gratitude, you know, and mm-hmm. I think handwritten notes or things, and I just think the fire hose of these three months for the people who've been so good to me and so mm-hmm. practicing that gratitude but acknowledging it and giving giving word to it and voice in that way. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, as he talked about the vision of his diocese, uh, I think that's something that uh, as I've been in conversations with priests and the people and the various things, I think uh, the, the new moment continues to take shape and take flesh what we're looking as we proceed forward, building mm-hmm. on the great foundation that Bishop Pate's established for us as well. So uh, I couldn't but chuckle a little bit uh, when uh, Bishop Zinkula made reference that extreme cases make bad law, the old attorney in him <laughs> coming out, you mm-hmm. know, and so he brings that perspective as a mm-hmm. as a wise man who, you know, knows uh, that, uh, you know, there are ways in which law can be put in service of people's lives and not just kind of uh, rein us in. So that mm-hmm. it kind of liberates and orders us as a community to what we're about. So my brother... Francis Bishop, we were both named bishops by Pope Francis, and so uh, the impact that the Holy Fathers had as well. So I'm grateful for those of you who submit uh, you know, uh, witness to when you've encountered Jesus or just how it kind of weaves into your own vocation in that way. Uh, thank you for the gentleman. So I see God working in my life in the day-to-day encounters in the world as I go to work to do God's work as an electric serviceman for Mid-American Energy. All right, so Mid-American Energy. I'm not just citing mm-hmm. that because they sponsor uh, the field at, at Jack Trice Stadium. But, uh, <laughs> okay. but, there. but but no, I mean, we love this perspective that the, that the whole body of Christ and that what we are about in the world and obviously the energy that we have, but uh, seeing and being poised to, to perceive this with the heart and mind of Christ and how that changes the encounters that we do and uh, allows us to be in the spirit as we meet people in that way. Um, other kinds of uh, opportunities that we've had, Kelly, to, to see uh, traces of, of, of the inbreaking of God, uh, God's presence, and sure. people who are, mm-hmm. you know, are, you know, the, Jesus loves our human lives, and uh, we should love life too. Right, absolutely. Um, well, recently there was a college football game that was airing on Fox Sports, and the announcer mentioned um, this particular player's story on the live broadcast. Um, basically, it's a high Ohio State football player, J.K. Dobbins. Ooh, I don't know. Do we cite Ohio State here? <laughs> I mean, oh, we can. We can. <laughs> <laughs> the only time, I promise. Okay. And um, he, the announcer said that his mother had considered abortion after she became pregnant with him at 18 years old. Um, and so the running back scored a touchdown, and the announcers mentioned, what does this kid not do that he's just so talented? And um, they went on to say that his mom, the announcer said that his mom became pregnant when she was 18 years old. She went to the doctor because she was thinking about aborting the baby, but changed her mind. That baby turned out to be that young man, J.K. Dobbins, who she calls her miracle baby. And so um, they said that on the nationally televised broadcast. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. it's nice when it kind of... uh, surfaces and surprises mm-hmm. us in ways that, you know, it's not a pro-life rally at the Capitol, but right. we're very conscious. You know, again, mm-hmm. we're celebrating the anniversary of Roe versus Wade in January mm-hmm. and uh, the great witness on uh, Constitution Avenue in Washington, D.C., and mm-hmm. the many from the diocese and uh, from uh, Nebraska as well who will be making their way to give witness that uh, we're we're going to carry this torch in this way. Mm-hmm. But uh, each one of us has that unique niche in the universe. And when we don't allow that to mm-hmm. person to take his or her place in that way, how are we shortchanging ourselves as a society, not just right. those who can mm-hmm. amuse us or astound us as spectators? 
but to cooperate with us in building up the kingdom of God. And so I think that that gives us pause, you know, mm-hmm. and that we always maybe in those crisis situations think about what kind of sacrifice has to be made, but uh, how might God richly abundantly bless us? And that's what uh, my prayer is for all the people of the diocese throughout this new year and uh, now I think uh, engaging and taking up uh, this uh, this yoke of shepherd uh, all the more with great enthusiasm and maybe uh, a little bit more savvy and uh, and experience. All right. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.